Welcome to High Point University Sport Management Industry Insights Podcast. My name is Jenny Luco, and I'm the chair of the Sport, Event, and Hospitality Management Department here at HPU. I will be joined on air this year by two highly engaged HPU students who will be serving as co-hosts, Alana Sullivan and Wendell Epps. Alana is a senior sport management major and Wendell is a junior sports media major who will also be serving as our senior producer. Serving in the role of associate producer to help with the production and editing responsibilities of the podcast is Blake Woodard, a freshman media production major. If you haven't listened to it already, you can learn more about us by listening to our teaser episode where we each provided a little background on who we are. The SMG Industry Insights podcast was created as a forum where we hear the stories of sport industry leaders. We will discuss their current roles in the sports industry, how they got where they are, what challenges they've experienced along their journey, and what advice they have for current students looking to break into the industry. This year, we are very excited to present interviews with a number of HPU alumni who work in all aspects of the sports industry. For today's episode, we are excited to welcome DJ Cummings to the podcast. DJ graduated from HPU in 2017, where he majored in strategic communication and minored in sport management. His first job after graduation was with Speed Sport, where one of his responsibilities was to create, edit, and schedule a newsletter entitled The Daily, presented by General Tire, which was distributed to over 40,000 subscribers. With Speed Sport, he also had the opportunity to create photo and video galleries, headlines and blurbs for daily racing events that transpired across the motorsports industry. In March of 2018, DJ started working for NASCAR, where he has worked his way up to his current position of senior coordinator of the digital platform. In this position, he manages the day-to-day -day technical operation of the NASCAR digital platform, both web properties and mobile, including live products, applications, live video streams, and data feeds. He also handles and operates NASCAR's digital product suite during race weekends, including Race Center, NASCAR Fantasy Live, NASCAR Mobile, Scanner, and NASCAR Drive. DJ, we are truly excited to welcome you to the podcast today. To start off the interview, we would like to begin with some questions that would help us get to know you a little bit better. DJ, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how did you become interested in sport management in the first place? Sure. So I, um, I went to High Point from 2013 to 2017. It's amazing. It's been almost five years at this point since I graduated college. Um, originally from Westfield, New Jersey, just outside of New York City. So grew up a big New York Giants, Brooklyn Nets, New Jersey Devils, New York Yankees fan. So big all New York sports teams. Um, so when I got down uh, into High Point, I was originally going for just a communications degree. And then when I found out about the um, – the sport management department and how you could take classes that were just straight up about the sports industry. I was like, okay, where do I sign on the dotted line? Where can I sign up for classes? Cause that just sounded like something that was perfect. That would really spark my interest. And um, the second I got into the, the intro class of fresh, maybe freshman year hooked. It was, it was perfect. Um, they didn't have the major at that point. They had right. the major started. I think it was probably as I was starting senior year, at that point. So I would, I would have had to like cram in a million different credit hours just to get the double major for communications and for sport management. So at that point, I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to focus on my career at that point. So um, going back, what I have done it that way, yeah, probably, but it's a big deal. And DJ, um, you working in NASCAR right now, obviously NASCAR is a big thing, especially in the state of North Carolina. Um, can you describe just what's a typical workday like working um, in the industry in NASCAR? 
Ooh, that's tough. I guess it depends on which day, uh, which day you're talking about. Um, because for us, it's seven days because race week, we have race weekends. So a lot of folks will work, uh, will be working either on site or, uh, kind of behind the scenes like I do, um, seven days a week almost, which can be a little, especially during the year, because it goes from February 20th to November 6th, nonstop with one weekend, one off weekend in the summer. So for a lot of the folks that travel for a majority of their job, God bless them, it's, it's wild. But for me, a typical work week, um, I'll kind of, since I worked this past weekend, I'll kind of recap that. So Mondays are usually kind of like a recap day. So we all, our group kind of gets together and goes over like the past race weekend, like what went right, what went wrong, what do we have going on for the next coming week, the next coming week going into the next race weekend. So for this past weekend, we just had Las Vegas and now we're going out to Phoenix uh, this next coming weekend. So um, Tuesday is a little bit of the same thing, kind of switching gears at that point, right? We're past Las Vegas. Now we can go into Phoenix. We're getting all of our stuff set up on um, NASCAR.com, whether that be getting uh, race data for the coming week, um, making sure camping page has the right ticket links, um, what have you. It's a whole bunch of small items here and there that um, update on a weekly basis going from um, one racetrack to the, to the next one. Uh, Wednesday is our test day. So it's kind of like going through all of our live digital products, making sure nothing is broken in the last week because our developers are so smart and they put so much code in and something could break in an instant, whether it just be one change they make or it's a full-blown site, site change that they make that could break something. So that's kind of what our group does on, when, on like Wednesdays to make sure that, yeah, it, nothing's broken. And if there is something broken, we can be like, hey, this is wrong. Let's get this fixed before, let's prioritize it, whether this needs to be done before the weekend starts or if it's, um, if it's something that, we, that can wait and is not so time consuming. Um, Thursdays is usually when we get all of our materials for the coming week, whether that's weekend schedule, press conferences, in-car cameras, scanner channels, I'm trying to think what else. That's, that's the majority of it. Um, preview show uploads um, that we get from content and a couple of things from social media too is Thursday. And then Friday through Sunday is all stuff at the racetrack, whether it be practice, qualifying, live press conferences, and race days, whether depending on if we have just the Cup Series, we have Cup and Xfinity, Cup Xfinity Truck, all three. Some It depends each weekend. Um, this past weekend, we had all three. This coming weekend, we only have two. So it's, uh, it's, very, it's different based on the racetrack we go to and the time of year, honestly. But that's a typical work week. So we talked a little bit about where you are now, but let's go back to where it all started. So can you talk a little bit about your start in the industry, if you had any internships before entering um, into the racing world, um, as well as like what you got from those experiences? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my first real internship was with the High Point Athletic Department um, with uh, Mr. Dan Clark at the time. He, uh, he hasn't probably been with High Point in years, but I worked with him and we did a lot of the activation stuff at games, whether it was basketball, baseball, lacrosse, uh, soccer. Um, so I did that for a year. And then um, the second year, I kind of led the group of freshmen and sophomore interns at that point. Um, that was through 
basically all through probably uh, first or probably halfway through senior year. And then I got my internship at uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway with the radio station there. So the um, performance racing network. So that was a nice uh, group of folks. Um, and that's kind of where I, that was my foot in the door into the racing industry. So I was there from January of 17 through August, I think. And that was where I had, um, was helping, uh, her name was Alexa. She's the uh, marketing and communications manager for her. So I was helping her with press releases, uh, stuff uh, posting to social media, and occasionally would hop into one of their uh, weekly radio shows every once in a while, which was actually really fun. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good on television, but I'm, I, I'd like to say I'm decent on radio, but I guess it, it's very, I'm biased. But um, no, that was, that was where, as far as internships, I only had two of uh two i might have one more but i can't remember off the top of my head but that was probably the most important one that got my foot in the door which got me my first job right after college and then ultimately where i am now and dj for you um have there been any big mentors that you've had that you really feel like have helped just advance your career uh, mentors can be at high point mentors now in the industry any names you can think of specifically Names I can think of specifically at high point. Oh, wow. I could name off quite a few. I mean, uh, who Dr. Luca was obviously probably one of my, one of my favorite professors at high point besides uh, Phil Watson, which I mean, I'm sure he, he's probably retired at this point. He was actually one of my, one of the reasons I wanted to become a communications major was just like, Oh, I can kind of be like him. And I had probably three classes with him and it was probably some of my favorites there. Um, Dr. Hayes was awesome. Love Bobby. He was one of, he was another one of my favorite professors um, doing, I took a journalism sports journalism class with him and that got me some of my copy editing skills. And that was really fun um, in the industry itself. Not as many. Um, the one that sticks out in my head, this, um, this uh, gentleman I met when I was interning for PRN, his name was um, Lenny Baticki. He was one of the uh, show, one of their, um, podcast hosts that did stuff for local short tracks and um, grassroots racing that most people won't hear about unless you live in the American Southeast. So he, um, I met him about halfway through my internship and he introduced me to somebody, guy's name was Adam, that worked for uh, a group called Speedsport, which is where I got my first job at, which was um, an outlet that did that produced all types of motorsports content, not just NASCAR. It was NASCAR, IndyCar, dirt racing, supercross, um, off-road, Formula One, what have you. So that was, he was definitely the one person that kind of jump-started my career. And it's uh, really haven't, and COVID's a killer there because I haven't really had the chance to see him in years at this point. So every time I try to get out to, because he usually goes to a lot of the races. So whenever I get to go, I usually try and talk to him when I can, but, um, as far as mentors in the industry, I it's, haven't really had the chance to have it just because we've, I jumped, we started, my, I started my career two, two years before COVID started and I hadn't really got the chance to like really get to meet a lot of people. So now it's, now that we're kind of getting towards the end of it, I can kind of get back into that and meet more people and travel to more places and see where it, see where it takes me. And at this point, you probably have begun to serve as a mentor for others. You know, at this point in your career, you know, you're getting more responsibilities and have more experience. But absolutely, COVID has definitely hurt the ability for people in the industry to network, uh, to be able to go to conferences and do those types of things. So 
it's wonderful. Things are lifting a little bit, but. Yeah, and I mean, kind of on that topic, um, sports, crazy, hectic, fun, uh, but ever-changing world. Um, what are some of the things that keep you motivated, updated, and inspired in the industry and in your line of work? Things that keep me motivated, especially in the world of motorsports, is just the fact that what NASCAR has done since COVID started, being we were the first sport back from when COVID started, like it was, we took 71 days off and we came back in the middle of May with racing with no fans, which was very strange to watch, especially on television when you're seeing cars go around the racetrack and there's nobody there to cheer them on. It's really, it was really strange. And even I, um, I had the chance to talk to some of the drivers and when they, uh, when they finished a race, got out of the car and it was, you could hear crickets. It was like, Oh my God, this is so weird. So, and what we were able to do there in 2020 and eventually build it up where we were able to get fans back and, and build off that in 2021 the fact that you see that NASCAR is on an upswing after being after falling significantly from in the 2010s is real is really cool. And it really keeps me motivated to do better and find ways, find new ideas to contribute within my realm. I feel like that's really, that's really cool. And I think there's always, and like you said, as crazy as, and how fast the sports world moves, there's always uh, new ideas that could be presented in any part and or any part of the industry really. Yeah, no, absolutely. COVID was a very weird time for all of us and navigating it in a sports lens while making it equally competitive for the racers and making it entertaining and engaging for fans just to give them something to have um, was definitely difficult to navigate. Another question we have for you is, has there ever been a time in your career so far that you were unsure of where you were going and how did you combat those uncertainties? Yes, there was. It was the span of three months where it was kind of, it was December of 17 to March of 18, where I kind of felt like I was in that speed sport job and it was just kind of like, yeah, this is, this is good and all, but do I see this really going more than a year or two? And at that point I started looking around applying for different um, jobs in the racing industry with um, NASCAR itself. And then um, I always thought working for one of the race teams would have been really cool to be involved in the industry itself. And at that point, that's where I kind of started going to different events at the time because they had them um, and just putting myself out there and just me just meeting as many people as I could to see like, oh, hey, I know this guy who knows this guy who could do this. Um, and luckily, my um, I ended up applying for my job at NASCAR right before Christmas. I didn't hear back until February. And then I interviewed the next week and they offered me the job two days later. So it was, um, it, it, it was, a, that was a, a wacky three months of just like not knowing where I was going to go in the industry to end up getting a full-time job with my dream company that I always wanted to work for as God, as since I started following motorsports when I was like six. So the fact that I was able to land that at 22 years old was a home run. Yes, it was. I mean, that is awesome. So speaking of your passion for motorsports, obviously you have loved that industry for a long time and now you're working in it. What are some of the things that you love the most about working within motorsports, within NASCAR, um, and then just within sports in general? I mean, you know, feel free to take that question however you like, but just kind of what are your 
what are the things that get you out of bed in the morning? Like, what do you love most about your job and working in this industry? Just being a part of a group that uh, is truly on the upswing and we're doing a lot of good work um, and it motivates us to keep, just keep doing better. It's been just being in working in an industry with people that are like me that are passionate about motorsports where I can actually have a conversation with somebody and know, and they would know exactly what I'm talking about. Growing up in New Jersey is not a very big NASCAR market. So I was the odd man out really. So trying to have conversations with people about something that I'm passionate about was really hard. And then coming down to North Carolina and I started seeing just like how much it was loved here and just having conversations with people, I was like, Oh my God, I'm home. <laughs> so it was, uh, it, it was really, it was really fun when I first came down here and got exposed to that. And then just getting to work with people who are just, we can have conversations about things that most like ordinary fans are like, wait, what are these guys talking about? It's, it's just like any of the other shop talk that you would have. Like if you're working in the NBA or the NHL or baseball or college sports, anything like that, that's something that I really I really enjoyed doing, especially um, when we were in the office and I could see people. Now we're starting to get back in. Now I'm going in, going in once or twice a week. It used to be I was at my I was sitting right here for it was almost a year and a half. And then when they finally uh, told us, hey, you, you can start going back in. I'm like, OK, I'll start going back in a little bit just because doing virtual work is is good and all, but it's, it's really hard when you don't get to see face to face, the people that you work with and it's the virtual workplace has its challenges in itself, but just the, especially with the whole communication aspect, you could say something on uh, DM chat and you may think it sounds one way, but they could perceive it as something totally different where it's just like, oh, I should just pop down to this guy's office and talk to him about it. They'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So it's that, um, that thing, that's what I really enjoy the most is just getting to work with people who are passionate about the same thing that I am, honestly. That's awesome. I, th I think that speaks highly. I mean, it really, that is something that we all love in sports. I mean, that's one thing that whenever we bring in guest speakers and have individuals like yourself who work in the industry, that is, that seems to be a common theme across the board for people that work in sports as they know that everyone they work with is just as passionate about it as they are. Uh, and that really does it helps, especially when you're having a challenge, right? And then you're like, okay, but I'm in it together. I, you know, I'm, I'm in it with my team and we're all in this together and we all are trying to achieve the same goals and stuff. So I, that's, that's uh, fantastic. All right, now, DJ, we have just had you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experiences throughout your career. Now we would like to switch gears a little bit and discuss some advice that you might have for others as they're attempting to break into the sports industry. Mm -hmm. Right now, when you have gone through the process of hiring interns or new employees, what are some of the things that you look for? Kind of the do's and don'ts that you might tell our students for when you're applying for a position or if you're applying for an internship, what are the things that you're really looking for that will help a candidate stand out? And what are some of the things that will help you not choose a candidate depending on what, how it is that they presented themselves? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll pull a shameless plug right now that uh, I'm actually hiring. So if anybody that lit, if this gets out to the high point world and they're looking for a job here soon, I encourage you to go to careers.nascar.com to apply. Um, that just opened up actually today. So that's um, so I'm going to be going through it once more. But things that I 
look for is skills and experience. It's, I mean, yeah, you could, as much as going, I mean, yes, going to university and getting a degree is very important, but that's not the sole thing that you're going to be looking for in a position. You're going to be looking for, okay, what companies have you worked for? What things have you done? What skills have you learned? And those are the ty- and those are the main things that I look for when I'm going through resumes and going through positions. Like if I go through a resume and I'm looking at different types of experience and skills and it's nowhere near what I'm kind of looking for, it's just one of those pick it up and crumble it up and throw it out. But if it's something that is kind of in the realm of what I'm looking for, then that's where it kind of catches my eye. And then at that point, I'm like, oh, this person has worked for this organization in the past. I'm curious to hear more about this. So that's where it's the surface level is where you get the, I look at the experience and the skills. And then at that point, if that intrigues me, then I want to talk to that person and get them, get more details out of them and be like, oh, hey, tell me about this or tell me about that. So when I'm looking to hire new people, those are the main things that I, I look for. That's awesome advice. And we're going to ask for a little bit more advice, but you can take this kind of in whatever direction you want, whether it be just general industry advice or just advice for post-grad adult life. Um, If you could give advice to those who are just starting out in the industry, what would it be? And I hope that this comes back to its normalcy, but get yourself out there, put yourself out there, meet as many people as you can, because you will never know who knows. And like I said earlier, you will not know this person might know this person who could talk you to this person that could get you this job. It's that that's the one piece of advice that I have preached to any student that has reached out to me in the past five years, asking about my advice, what I've done, things that I encourage other people to do talk, talk, meet people. You never know what's going to happen if you don't put yourself out there. And I'm sure High Point has already preached that already. We hear it every day as students and it's, it's really beneficial advice because that's how you get in the door, especially in the world of sports because it, it's so competitive. But uh, we'd like to know personally for you, what has been the best advice that you have received be, you know, within the past couple of months, it could be back when you were in college. What's that one piece of advice that you received and you really just took it to heart to help advance yourself in your career? Best piece of advice, I think recently, um, as I became as I became a supervisor and started running a team, was take it and run with it yourself and don't feel like you need to copy somebody else's management style because everybody's personalities are different and you deal and everybody deals with teammates and people a different way. So the best thing to do is obviously there's plenty of online courses and research and whatnot about oh, this is the best way to do this as a manager. This is the best way to do this as a manager. There's, it's obviously, it's all great. So take it all and find a way to incorporate that as to and build it into your own management style, really. And that was something that um, I'm still learning right now, but it's, um, it's definitely something that I've taken and run with. And it's definitely seems to be, I hope it's working. Um, but I think that's, and, re- and recently that's probably the best kind of, advice I've gotten, especially when people get to that next part of their career, when they start becoming supervisors for different teams, because that's getting yourself into the door and getting your career started is one point. Then when you get to that next point of trying to become a supervisor and manage a team, whole new set of challenges. That is, again, some awesome advice that you receive that you're passing on to our students. One final question in this category, but looking back, is there anything that you wish you knew when you were starting out in the industry, whether it be about NASCAR or motorsports specifically, or just general industry knowledge or 
anything related to specific skills that you need for your job? Things that I knew before I started. That you wish you knew. That I wish I knew that we were going to go through a two-year pandemic and we would have have to work in a virtual workplace probably um, and have to adapt to being in an op- from being in an office nine to five, five days a week to working at home for a year and a half. Things that I knew were probably, I was so used to just working in an office and being able to just look over my shoulder and talk to somebody versus having to send, e- send an email to get some, to like ask somebody a question or Slack is the form of communication that we use. Um, uh, for NASCAR digital media and trying to have the, trying to figure out the best way to send a form of communication, whether it be a phone call or a Slack message like that, which I kind of translate as walking down the hall to somebody's desk and asking them a question versus something like a project or a test that can kind of be sent more in a formal email. So I think things that I wish I knew was how to manage the virtual workplace a little bit better because it was a challenge. And I am thoroughly appreciating that we are getting towards the back half of it, to say the least. So up to this point, we focus primarily on your background, professional experience, and advice that you've had for others looking to pursue a career in sports. Now I would like to zoom out a little bit and ask you a few questions specifically about the broader look at the industry. Sure. So first question we have for you, DJ, in this category, we'd like to know, uh, you've worked in sports now for quite a while, you've got some experience, but where do you see the sports media industry and NASCAR specifically, where do you see that taking off in the next five to 10 years? You know, NASCAR starting to grow, it seems like year by year, starting to get some more attention nationwide, but where do you see that going in the near future? Man, that, that's, a, that's a tough question. I could barely tell you what'll probably happen at the end of the year. NASCAR, well, the big thing for us this year was, um, putting a new race car out there. So that's going to hopefully increase the on-track product, make that a little bit better, which will hopefully draw everybody's attention to be like, oh, hey, this is interesting. So get, getting more the, and the fan base that we're really targeting is 18 to 49, because a lot of the diehard NASCAR fans came from 50 and older, which I mean, they started probably watching in the 70s and 80s when NASCAR was in its heyday and has gone through the rise it had through the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s kind of peaking and then 2010s kind of decline. Now it's kind of on its way back up. So what we're trying to do now as we're on that upswing is reaching out to the younger audience that might not have been around or paid attention to NASCAR back in the early 2000s when it actually was very popular. Um, I think in the next five to 10 years, you'll see that really um, be the forefront of their goal and trying to gain or at least maintain television numbers. And I think NASCAR has done that pretty well. They've kept it either level or a little bit better, while I think a lot of the other major industries aren't doing very well at all. Um, So that's a pretty big win for us as far as that. And then um, just being in the now, our social team does a really good job with using all the different types of platforms like NASCAR is a TikTok channel. Did anybody know that? I didn't know that until a couple months ago. Um, so the fact that they just keeping it, just keeping in the now and targeting that audience will probably be very important in the next five years as far as the type of racing and fan experience and all that, that's always going to be ever changing as far as what types of corporate partners come in and folks that are going to be really um, companies that want to invest in NASCAR and get their brand out there as far as, I mean, we've seen so many different types of, um, types of companies come in like 
like the biggest one are like DoorDash, like companies like that that you would think, really, they're, they're involved in NASCAR? Seeing what kind of new corporate partners want to come in and sponsor NASCAR teams and, um, and just see where it goes from there, honestly. So far, so good. So you talked a little bit about different corporate sponsors coming in and TikTok being NASCAR's best platform, but what do you think is the next big thing in the industry or things that students should be looking out for, whether that be related to skills or platforms and technologies that they should be learning now to prepare them best? I think the big thing now, um, as and this just this is a little bit broader as far as just like the overall workplace environment is most folks, I mean, when I was in school, we were just taught to like how to work in an office setting and talking to people and stuff like that. Now, a little different. So now you're probably going to see a lot more of, I mean, most of these big companies go towards just because if you've been able to perform your job at that same high level in one place versus another, the virtual setting versus the actual in-office setting, you're going to see a lot more of a hybrid approach with these bigger organizations, you would think, if your job doesn't require you traveling all the time or being in the office all the time. So I think as far as skills for students coming up now, getting ready to jumpstart the careers is really hone in the skills like with Microsoft Office products and different types of virtual office communication settings just to hone your skills in there because that was, like I said, that was a challenge that um, we didn't know was going was gonna to happen. It was, gonna, it was kind of thrown upon us and then we just had to take it and run with it. So um, I think that's definitely something that we could see happening here in the coming, in the coming years or just in, in the future permanently. So I think that would be something really important for, uh, for students to start, to start uh, learning or to uh, build upon. Okay, fantastic. So DJ, we really appreciate you taking the time to answer um, our questions about sports industry in general. But now for our final segment, we'd like to ask you some rapid fire questions to get you know a little bit better personally, if you're up for it. Let's do it. All right. So first question here, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Super speed, like the flash. What's one food you can't live without? Steak. If you had to enter a talent show, what would be your talent? Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what would be my talent? Oh, man. Comedy. What's one city that you haven't been to, but you'd like to visit someday? San Diego. What's your biggest pet peeve? Mm, People who don't clean up after themselves. If you could be an animal, what animal would you be? Tiger. If you could speak any language that you currently don't know, what language would you like to be able to speak? Italian. What's your favorite quote of all time? If you're not first, you're last. Love it. Uh, Describe NASCAR using just one word. Evolving. Describe yourself using just one word. Happy. And final question for you here. What's one fun fact that a lot of people do not know about DJ Cummings? Ooh. What's one fact a lot, based on my personality, a lot of people know me, know pretty much everything about me. One fact people do not know about me. Um, It's a good question. Uh, Wow, that's that's a hard one. I've, I've, I've gotten this question asked before one time and I got stuck also. One fun fact people don't know about me. Um, I am a cigar connoisseur. Well, that's a good one. 
That's a good, that was, that, that took a long time to get there, but that was worth it. That is unique. Yeah. I had to, I had to think hard. I was like, food. Now people know I love to eat. Everybody knows I drink a lot of beer. Uh, <laughs> that's immediately where my head went. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you so much, DJ. We so appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Um, I, it has been fascinating to hear about what you do in your job because a lot of people, like you say, um, in the younger generation are familiar with NASCAR, but they really might not know as much about it just solely because it is now kind of, as you say, it's evolving. It's, it's a little bit more on the rise uh, this decade. And so this has been an opportunity for them to hear a little bit more about what someone in the motorsports industry does and um, on the digital side and all the different things that you do. So we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to meet with us today. Of course. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. One final note for our listeners, for those of you out there who are HPU Sport Management alumni, please contact me. I'd love to hear from you. We would really like the podcast to focus on our HPU alumni base, so please reach out so that we can provide you the platform to share your story about what you've experienced since graduating. Whether you're a recent graduate or someone who was in our program 15 years ago, send me an email and let's get the conversation started. We'd love to feature you as a guest on our podcast.